Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Music. Horror. Art. Politics. Bad assery. Welcome to Society 13. You want to see something really scary? You bet. Music. Horror. Art. Politics. And overall badass. Welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio. For real. On Society 13 Networks. Thank you for tuning in to Kettle Whistle Radio. I'm Dave, and um, I have a good friend returning tonight. You do remember Brian Bowe of the band Nine Days. Uh, well, they have a good comeback. Coming back. And he has returned to these airwaves, folks, friends, and teens. And he still refuses to use Skype, so we had to do it by cell phone. So here and there, it's you know not as crisp sounding, but we'll, I'm going to get him to change that for next time. Uh, meanwhile, uh... And now, Brian DeVoe of Nine Days. Okay. And you could like, get free phone calls and stuff, but it was like, you're so clear. And I guess it was the internet. Okay. Do you remember that, what it was called? I do remember that. I do. You had to be like, signed up to it to, to like, talk to certain people. So I, I know I did it with my job and stuff. Um, but I, you know, it didn't last long. It was weird, too. <laughs> Oh, I understand. I I know, yeah, that that was early. I remember that. Was that the early two thousands? No, it was uh it was only a couple of years ago. Wow. Okay, I missed that yeah. one. You think I remember the colors of purple on, on the site, like in the app and stuff, and you have like your your friends, you know, that you can call. Um, I guess this is before I had, you know, free minutes and all that stuff. You know? Right. Well, yeah, this is tech talk. I had, I had um, it was 18 I was on at and I remember, um, to keep my bill down, I had a certain amount of minutes to talk. Because I really used to use data and, and yep. you know, and, and, uh, messaging and stuff. So, that's what I, that's why I did it. Because every month I'd go over it. So. Oh, yeah. I think we all do. <laughs> And this is uh, Tech Talk with Brian DeVoe. <laughs> All right, man. Well, listen, um, I'm glad you could come back. This is uh, Kettle Whistle Radio, of course. I've got Brian DeVoe of Nine Days, co-founder, correct? Co-founder. I guess we're live. We're Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, um, I, I just, I, I'm glad to have you back. I love having repeat performers like this, especially you, old friend. Uh New Star Wars was out. We saw Jedi together when it was new. And uh what was your take on Star Wars, man? You know, I mean, I, I loved it. Um, the funny thing is I've only seen it once. And I know... How many times did you see it? <laughs> you tr- guess. Uh, five? Yes! Maybe? Exactly! Okay. Because uh, John Hampson, Michael Fenner from the band, he's seen it about five times. Okay. To be honest, I, I felt like it was weird. Like, when I was watching it, um, I felt like it went by so quick. Yeah. And then it's over two hours even, and, and I was just like, okay, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> but I just haven't gotten to go back, and uh, I don't know. In a weird way, I felt like I see, I saw it. Like I felt, I felt like there was nothing I needed to discover. I know Joan said that um, the second time is definitely better, and then yes. so but noticing different things, and I'm sure I will once it comes out on DVD and all that, but. I don't know if it's going to theaters, but I'd like to go back and it, see it. Yeah, it's still there. I got to see it last week. I took my dad to see it in IMAX, and it was like seeing it for the first time again. IMAX was just amazing. Awesome. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought it was great. Um, I kind of knew Han Solo wasn't going to make it to the end of this one. I just had that feeling. And Jeremy from the band, Long Time Solo, so yeah. I kept telling him that. He's like, shut up, shut up. I'm like, I'm telling you, man. Yeah. I just want to do this movie anymore. We all knew it was going to happen because uh, Harrison Ford wanted him to die in Empire, you know, so he got his wish. That's right, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. wanted. He thought he shouldn't come back uh, and, you know, sacrifice himself for his friends, which he did, you know, and honestly, it was, it's a cool moment. I mean, it really is. And if he had to go out, I think that was the only way you could kill Han Solo. Yeah, no, I thought it was great. Um, um, I'm trying to think of anything I didn't like, and I don't know if there is, really. Um I, I was wondering, it. I meant to ask the band this last night and I forgot, but she, uh, Ray, we have a question, I'm sure all of us do. Uh, <laughs> the actress of it. Yeah. Um, Daisy Ridley? She was living in a, she was living in a snow walker, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it seemed like that was, yeah, that was her, her home, home there. Just a wreckage of old battles and stuff. So I, I was thinking, like, what's the connection to that? Because obviously she's in a desert and it's a snow walker. Right. Like, I wonder if there's some sort of, Thing there. Well, the, um, yeah, they, they, maybe they could just walk in the desert too. I don't know, but they, it is called the Snow Walker, right? Yeah, they're Adats. Yeah, the uh, Snow Walker. But they, actually, they ended up just being walkers because if you remember uh, on Endor and Jedi, there was one, and then they had you know the Scout Walkers as well out in the woods. So I guess they okay. use them everywhere. Yeah, well, that's one thing I thought about. Everything else, I don't know. I didn't really um, see anything else. I'm sure there is, and you know, you probably know. But well, <laughs> well, the jury's out on who she is. Um, she could be Luke's daughter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a lot of people are saying she could be. Ray Kenobi. That's what I, I heard too. Yeah. Yeah. Which would be pretty cool. Oh, it'd be wild. But yeah, we knew we were the gonna original talk. Actor, yeah. The original actor. Did he pass away? Um. Sure he did. Yeah, Alec Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't even remember, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, but um, now you're in New York right now. Yeah, I'm actually home, wish we had done this earlier so we can get <laughs> people out there. I mean, I, I do have some Long Island listeners. You're, you're in uh, Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. You guys coming back? Um, I hope so. You know, um, we're going to put the record out in June, and um, we're going to see how it goes, and you know, hopefully, you know, John can put his teaching job, and we can go on the road and see everybody. That would be awesome. Yeah, and, man. Uh, That would be awesome, man. What a way to come, like, get back in the scene, especially with bands like like Sugar Ray. I can't believe Sugar Ray's coming back. Yeah, yeah, they did the tour last year. They even came through Nashville. Okay. And um, I didn't go, because I, I don't know if I could sit through some of those other bands, but <laughs> that's, just, that's just me. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's so you. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's why I'm on stage, then. And, yeah, uh, but, uh... That's the trend. I, I talk to a lot of bands, and that is the trend now. Sometimes they just put an EP out, you know, and put a couple of songs out. Yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah they like and the triple effect. We, we definitely have some extra songs, and there's a few um, little surprises that we might release too. Oh, so, cool. Wait for that. 
Well, I trust you. Um, I mean, I, I got to see you guys the last time. That was a great time. And the dynamic between you and, and the rest of the band just just works so well. Um, what kind of sound are we getting this time around? Are you going for um, radio airplay? Are you going for Sirius XM type stuff? Or? Uh, it's interesting because we went for, well, the management wanted us to do like AAA, which is kind of like, you know, your Jack White stuff and, and your, your kind of garage rock stuff. And I was, you know, you're just not that kind of band, you know, and there might be some elements like that on there, mm-hmm. but we're a modern rock band, you know, with, you know, catchy melodies and the whole thing. And, um, we did a record a few years ago when, when you saw us and mm-hmm. it was really eclectic. It was bluegrass, it was rock, it was country, it was pop. Um, and, you know, I don't know how our fans really took to it. And our management definitely said, this is not your comeback record, so we kind of pulled it away. Oh. Um, so this record, we definitely went for the more rock side of the small, you know, the Madden crowd, the story of the girl. Right. Um, but we wrote the whole thing. Hold on a second. Someone's actually after me. That's cool. Absolutely. You can go back home again. <laughs> no, yeah. I, don't worry about it. I'm, wait, I'm waiting for my dog to start barking here. Go ahead. The record is uh, it's more rock, and it's more like us, the way you know the Madden crowd was. But we, we wrote the whole record in Nashville, and I've been in Nashville eight years. I write country music and mm. um, you know, do all that stuff. And people are saying some of the songs are still leaning towards new country. It's like definitely not old country, but it's like the newer country stuff. And I got no problem with that, you know. No, but to no. me, at this point, everything is so wide open. It's just music, and you know, guys are not naming any names. But these people come to Nashville, and oh, I'm putting out a country record, and it's like, why, why? <laughs> just put out a solo record and say, it's here's my solo record. Why does it have to be country? You know? Right. So I always said, if, if when you two lose to Nashville and they're going to do a country record, that's what I leave. <laughs> Blame you, man. <laughs> I do not blame you. Uh, so, what are you listening to these days? Oh God, what am I listening to? Actually, more of the throwback country stuff, like Jason Isbell or Isbell. I'm sorry, he's just name. Jason Isbell, um, of course, Chris Stapleton. He's like the new craze. Um, just these guys that are really bringing back, you know, walking, you know, real country music and. Um, and then I don't just like the new stuff, but I, I definitely love the throwback. And uh, there's another guy, I can't forget his name off the top of my head, but he sounds like Mel Haggard, so it's just really cool. Um, as far as, like, that's pretty much it. I'm trying to think of the last records I bought on, on uh, like iTunes or whatever, because I actually still buy music. Yeah, me too. Me too, <laughs> don't worry, man. Um, I, some I, people. I, yeah. Actually, the last record I bought was the best of the Jimmy Brothers, and it was pretty rock. That's interesting. That was awesome. I, I listen to the 70s channel on XM all the time. That's my go-to when when the Boneyard sucks or when their Octane is not playing good stuff. Or you know, I just go right to the 70s because it's always interesting, at least. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. I was, uh, it was Super Bowl Sunday, and I kind of had some people over, so I was cleaning up, and I put some records on, and for, for whatever reason, I, I posted it on my Instagram, actually, but soldiers under command I had the white vinyl <laughs> I had that record on and I gotta say it doesn't sound very good <laughs> as I thought it used to <laughs> right yes. you know, no offense to Michael Sweet sometimes you can't go back home uh, absolutely I, 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 I've done that too and I'm like wow this sounded a lot better when I was a kid but uh, then... some of them sound just as they did and it's like oh this is still great like you put on you put on uh, Killers by Iron Maiden yeah. and that record awesome. It freaking sounds awesome. Absolutely it does. Um, and there are, there are exceptions. Like, you know, I, mean, I just heard that. Uh, I didn't hear it, but John was talking and said um, Def Leppard re-recorded a couple songs from uh-huh. Pyromania. Yeah, I have and that. They, they, they didn't do it to, to you know do a recut and do it exact. They just did it to get a new vibe and apparently Joe sounded awesome. Um, yes. John saw a bad show because I've saw some YouTube stuff from Nashville and he sounded great. And I was like, she was horribly insane. Well, he do you know about that? Um, that This is very um, timely. Um, the Def Leppard cruise, Eddie Trunk was on it and he talked about it. Joe blew out his voice. It's like gone. He's in yeah. recovery right now. So, 
Yeah, that happened on the cruise. A, a guy died on that cruise, too. The bass player for Rainbow oh, and Dio. Did you hear about that? Oh, Jimmy Dane. Yeah. yeah. Jesus, that, that was just a bad luck cruise. But, yeah. I mean, the, the, people, the musicians and artists that are passing away, it's just, like, getting crazy, like, every day. So oh, I know. Funny. We talked about it last show. Yeah. Did you see the one about Animal from the Muppets? That was pretty funny. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're watching the Muppets. I saw that and I was like, oh, that's funny. Don't worry. I'm on the, we're on the Muppet, the Muppet train. Well, all right. We're going to take a quick break here. Uh, what song do you want us to play? Oh, man. Uh, we're going to at least play two. Uh, I got your first one, uh, of course. Uh, I, I, let's go, let's go with Story of a Girl and then we'll close out with one of, maybe one of your own. Yeah. All right. Cause we yeah, played, we played, yeah. old, we, we did Old Friends last time and uh, people like that one. Um, all right. All right. We're going to get right back. Go ahead. I was going to say, I just dug that record out because I have a box of it at my house. Then one wants it. It's my solo record from 2005. It's fantastic. <laughs> all right. Well, once again, folks, uh, thanks for listening. We're going to get right back with Brian DeVoe after this. And uh, I think you all know this one. All right. See you in a few. This is the story of a girl who cried a river and drowned the whole world. And while she looks so sad in photographs, I absolutely love her. When she smiles How many days in the year She woke up with hope But she only found tears And I can be so insincere Making no promises never for real As long as you stand there waiting Wearing the holes in the soles of the shoes How many days disappear When you look in the mirror It's the hat of your shoes Your clothes never wear as well the next day And your hair never falls in quite the same Get ready for new 
truly terrifying tales set in the broken world from the fall of tomorrow. Take a closer look at what's now dwelling in the dark. If you dare. Available on Amazon in traditional print and ebook. Get your copy today. Visit www.fairlydarkproductions.com for more info on the author and his work. Still here? Okay. Let's play a game. <laughs> All right, we're back with Brian DeVoe from Nine Days, and they're making their comeback. Show tomorrow night. Uh, I just wish we could have gotten this out sooner, Brian. I'm sorry about that. That's fine. But so, uh, what are your fans like? Do they do they recognize you in the street? Do you get recognized when you show up in places, or is, or is it like your superhero identity? Uh, well, I have a long beard right now, so I don't think anyone's going to recognize me. I can't believe you have a beard. Um, the only people that hate my beard is my mom and my ex-girlfriend, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know. I'm even ashamed. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just gay. I'm kind of rocking the beard, you know. I live in Tennessee now, so. <laughs> <laughs> rocking the beard. Oh, man. But, um, you know, when we were doing it, and we had the video out and stuff, like, definitely at home, you know, people would, you know, notice or say, like, I used to go to the gym here um, when I was still living on Long Island. And it would be more um, like people in the industry, like some a radio person or someone. You know, we were never. We always called the faceless band, pretty much. So interesting. <laughs> well, you came out. You know, we talked about it last time Napster. You know, you broke when Napster broke, and they broke you, and that that just sucked. Um, I, I hate I hated that time uh, in music. Um, where yeah. do you, where do you stand yeah. now with it? Where do you stand with the, the free downloads that people are doing? You know. It's really tough to be a musician and make a living. Like uh, everyone's got a second job, it seems, and yes. you know, I actually sell wine in Nashville, yep. restaurants and and, and um, stores and stuff. So um, I'd like to be published. And yeah, I had a small publishing deal last year actually, and uh, that was really cool for a while. But it wasn't enough for me to quit making money in other places. Um, so I'm working on that and. It's just uh, not like it used to be, you know, where no. you have to actually go out and buy music and you have to go to shows. And I think now, you know, people put out free music, but bands like Wilco put out a free record, you know. Actually, they called it Star Wars. But, yeah. So, so um, U2, U2 did, too. Wasn't U2's last one free? What's that? U2's last one was free as well. They put a U2, uh, U2 put a, a free one out there for the, for the fans, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. And destroyed iTunes for a while or something. Yeah, it was funny. Like, everybody got pissed. I'm like, what's the big deal? If you don't want to listen to it, just delete it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, hey, Lombano. Yeah. I just hate that they're not putting out quality music. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a huge, I was a huge YouTube fan, and I'm just kind of burnt on them. Like, I know they have a record coming out pretty soon, actually. I just hope it's, there's some substance there, you know. Uh, you know, you turned me on to, okay, si we're going back to sixth grade. Def Leppard, Ozzy Osbourne. And you too, you too. And I'm not the biggest U2 fan, but back then that was that was their good stuff. That was Pride, you know, all the the good music, the good rock yeah. and roll. You turned me on to a lot of stuff that I probably wouldn't have gotten into till later on. I mean, then then Rat, Motley Crue came later, but it, it wasn't the stuff that you know, like, but that you had turned me on to. Iron Maiden, Substance, just like you said. Well, I had a lot of different musical influences. Obviously, I grew up listening to country music. That's part of the reason why I actually wanted to move to Nashville. And, um, and, and, you know, go for that kind of thing. And, you know, when I moved to Nashville, which was eight years ago at this point, um, the band wasn't doing anything. So, but, you know, me, me just learning that town and, and, um, and living there for so long and, and just working at it, it actually benefited nine days because we, our management stays there now. Our management has done some wonders for us to allow us to work with actually Jim Scott, who is a, Amazing producer, and he's produced Wilco. He's produced an engineered record like, um, uh, God, was it Tom Petty? Wow. Wildflowers, right? Is that the record? Um, and he's worked with the Foo Fighters. I mean, the guy's worked with everybody. So, me being in Nashville was a, definitely a good thing for everyone. Um, 
and uh, what was my point of that? <laughs> substance. <laughs> We're talking substance in music. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So anyway, growing up on country, and then, you know, I was into everything in the 80s, you know, including U2 and Bruce Springsteen, and probably if it was for those two guys, and uh, probably Bob Dylan, I don't know if I'd ever become a songwriter, you know, because that's where I learned how to really write songs. Um, everything else was just uh, fun. Exactly. Well, you, you, know, were ta- you were talking about uh, publishing. Are you saying you wrote, did you write a book, or are you talking about lyrics that you published? Oh, no, 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 songs. Okay, okay. For other people to purchase, or are you selling them to other musicians? Yeah, yeah. I have a bunch of songs. I wrote probably about 15 songs just over the summer. I had a three-month deal, and that company is um, very good friends with them. They're called Ryan Partners, and uh, I am, they're, you know, they're shopping my stuff to whoever, you know. Good. Like Belgium, you know, anybody. <laughs> it's it's tough, man. I I understand the whole the whole independent artist thing. Um, I I have books out there. I have two books out there: "Dwelling in the Dark," "The Fall of Tomorrow," and I'm in like three other anthologies: uh, "Rise of the Dead" with uh, John Russo, who wrote the original "Night of the Living Dead." It's very difficult to I mean uh, to make a dime on these things. Um, nobody's buying books really. They're buying them on Kindle, uh, which does all right for me. But yeah, I, I can't imagine the frustration you're going through. Well, actually, I'm sorry, I can imagine the, the frustration you have, uh, because first of all, you, with that first album, you guys should have just rode the wave, and then that whole Napster bullshit. But it, kids don't yeah, see that. Times were changing. That was the times. Yeah. Times were so changing between labels and um, and the internet and everything. It was just you know, it's yeah. on record when it came out two years earlier, like when. It is. It's for everybody. It. You're not alone, man. They're all. Everybody's going through. It. Everybody's struggling. Everybody's got second, third jobs. It's just. It's everybody. Every musician I talk to. It's the same story. Uh, very frustrating. Yeah. These kids need to start buying records. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, um, we are going to do vinyl. Pretty sure. So, cool. Uh, for this record. Um, actually, brought that up to our managers. We got to do vinyl. Like, I, we wish we did vinyl for the you know Madden crowd. We mm. have cassettes, but it's not the same. You know. Right. <laughs> Oh, I get it. Um, yeah, the cool thing about working with Jim Scott, too, in his studio in Valencia, California, he's got this huge, big room where it's kind of a hangout room, but it's just filled with vintage gear. Like, you could just walk around and pick up a guitar or sit on a drum set, and he's got, like, an 8-track player. Wow. And he's got, like, a record store, like, <laughs> uh, shelves of records. So every, we break for lunch or dinner, and the record or an 8-track on and just, you know, hang. It was, it was such a great experience. That's so cool. Um, I, I recently, too, and I told you uh, when I was in uh, in Syracuse, I, I, I travel with this other writer every now and then, and um, it, he's also an actor. Um, his name is Salon Sangaris, and he knew he knew you. He was in the band Uncle Fester on Long Island back in the day. You know, I know that name. I don't, I didn't personally know them. But he I knew you. Oh, he knew you. He knew you well. He's older. He's older than us by about ten years. Okay. Yeah, but we, we got to be in a movie together. Uh, I'm, I'm in a, the Uncle John. Uncle John is a zombie. I, I, I'm, I get to be a zombie in in a, a film made by John Russo. So I'm, I'm very proud of that. He's like one of the main characters, but I'm just glad I got thrown in there. <laughs> I have to throw that out there every now and then. If you could ever stick me in a movie, I'm ready. Oh, dude. Oh, see, I, if you let me know. If you were out here, you easily could have been a zombie. Ah, uh, well. If the time comes again, <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh man, but um, this is interesting too, Brian. Uh, you even back then talk about your your musical, oh, the, the the variety of sounds that you introduced me to, and I'm not embarrassed to talk about it anymore. But Duran Duran, who has had a huge resurgence recently, and Miss D, our lovely assistant, of course, loves them. Um, there's DVDs. They, they've got new CDs out like every other year. Um, you kind of turned me on to them in sixth grade. I'm not afraid to admit that. You know, it's it's interesting because Duran Duran obviously was an 80s new wave pop band. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I, I'm not ashamed to admit I was into hair metal and I was a product of that. Actually, I was going through some old pictures today and <laughs> I sold them to the guys and they're quite, quite funny. Actually, they said, oh, that, the hair that was on top of your head is now filming out of your face, basically. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, but um, I, I remember... Well, well, Andy, 
what's his name? Andy Taylor is a great guitar player. Yeah, you were into, you liked his solo project. I remember that. His solo record was awesome, and they just had, they had cool hair. I was like, alright, these guys are cool, even though they're kind of like, you know, <laughs> um, not heavy metal, but. <laughs> right. But they had good. And the girl I was hanging out with loved. And there you go. Jennifer. And there it is. That's where it is. Uh, it always comes down to that, doesn't it? But they had, you know, honestly, John Taylor's an incredible bass player, though. Uh, you listen to the, the, those early records. I mean, amazing stuff. And then you got the Power Station, too, which was... Loved it. I have, I should I should send this to you. I have the Power Station guitar playbook when I was trying to teach myself how to play. The first thing I ever learned was get it on Bang a Gong. <laughs> It's funny because I never knew what the Power Station was. I thought that was the name of the band. And then right. It's actually that studio in New York, which in 1998, me and the band spent a whole year demoing stuff there, which was awesome because that's where Born in the USA, parts, parts of Born in the USA were recorded. The River was recorded there, which Bruce just put out um, the box set of the River, which had, you know, another 15, like, unreleased songs. Heard about that. been doing for... He did the Darkness one, which was awesome, which was 21 unreleased songs. Um, Holy smokes. This one had, this one had about, I think 10 to 15. I haven't even gotten it yet. Um, and I'm always late with everything. Late with watching Star Wars, late with getting the Bruce Talk. Ah, you're not late at all. I do it for Born in the USA. That's the, I have most of this stuff anyway. But you're ahead of the game, man. You're not behind. You're not behind. Uh, you're, you're ahead of the game. Um, we're gonna take a quick break here. Uh, what, what do you want to play next? You want to do Old Friends? I love that song. Thank you. All right. That, that's the song where we, uh, we used to end all our shows with. I know. We hoped half the crowd at least stayed because it was after we put Scorpion for Girls. <laughs> They're crazy to, to miss that. To me, that, that's my favorite song on the record. All right, let's do that right now, and we'll get right back with Brian DeVoe.
And we're back with Brian DeVoe of Nine Days. And that was one of my favorite songs on the record, the first record. Um, let's talk about process, uh, your writing process. Like, what hits you? Is it the riff first? Um, I know you always had riffs in your head since you were a kid. But, or is it the lyrics? Where, where do you guys go with that? Well, I mean, in the past, it was, um, for me, usually the music came first, and then it would just take me a while to, to put, um, you know, the words to it, and, and it would just come slowly. John, it used to come quicker, and I think that's because he would probably come up with the story first and the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, you know, being in Nashville, which is a totally different kind of way of writing, Basically, I step in a room with people, you know, either one or two other co-writers, and um, in three hours, I have a song done. Mm. Um, so we just sit there, and one of us may have an idea, or we might just start talking, and something will just pop up. Um, the new song, which I think is the lead for the new single, is called Green Light. Um, and that was written with John and I and our good friend Phil Barton. He's from Australia, and he's been in Nashville for a while. He's a the one hit songwriter and good friend and you know I brought John in I said let's go right with Phil and uh, we were sitting there going through stuff and you know, it wasn't clicking right away hmm. um, and it was the last right of the day we wrote three songs that day so we had three sessions so this was the third one and we are kind of done and then Phil came up with the line oh come on give me that green light and that, that, that's it <laughs> that's and awesome that, that song pretty much wrote itself so uh, organic I like that that's going to be the one that kind of leads the way in your record. Um, and uh, like I said, a lot of all the songs, if not maybe one or two, were all written in Nashville with, with mainly my co-writers that, you know, I've, I've been, um, built really, I've built relationships with, you know, for the past eight years. And mm-hmm. uh, John started coming down and um, and we all got together. And, uh, and I managed to hook this up with a couple of new writers that I... Um, I had the pleasure of meeting and working with, so it's been it's been awesome. But this is the most uh, John and I never wrote together like this. You know, we had two parts of a song like so far away. Yeah, I had the chorus and he had the verses, and I'm like, hey, this might fit together. It worked, and that's kind it, of the way we only write. And that's kind of the way Lennon and McCartney did it. I don't think they ever sat in a room and literally wrote, but this record we did. Um, cool. Actually, the last record we did a little of that, but this one, um, it's all of us. Me and John and, and Horace sitting in a room with, with one other writer and, and and just kind of cashing it out in a couple hours. <laughs> that, that's all, yeah. but that's rock and, and roll. It, it's real. And the band's been together since '94, so once we bring it into the band, it, it could totally change. There was a couple songs I had that made the guys were like, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what's in your head. This isn't working. But then you all start playing it, and it would turn into something different, and 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 it would work. So. There's a song called Mona Lisa Smile yeah. on that that I wrote with uh, one of our good friends, um, Jeff Cohen, who wrote Crazy for This Girl um, by uh, Evan and Jared. I don't know if you remember those guys. Or Jared. Um, and uh, it was the first one I wrote with him. And actually, in 98, wow. he was in A&R. And our manager was like, hey, you know, this guy Jeff Cohen is coming up. And uh, he's a songwriter who's going to be pretty big, and, and you guys should do one of the songs. And John and I were like, well, we write our own songs, you know. <laughs> but we ended up playing it live once for him. And he told me uh, we were doing a songwriter's around together. He's like, that's the first time I heard another band play one of my songs. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, him and I wrote this one song on the record, and the band totally morphed it into what it is uh, today. And it's, there's been a favorite uh, of the new songs with some of the bands, so it's been pretty cool. Um, the whole record, like I said, is like that. It's, it's it's pretty cool and it's very raw too um, I like that you know you think of Jim Scott and the records he's done and the big production but there's some songs on here where, and we've always done this to an extent I think um, I, like it's live like the, the rhythm track like there's a couple songs where my guitar track was played start to finish and I may fix the piece here and there there was a flood but it's all there the guitar song and everything I didn't open up anything I love hearing um, an artist being excited about their work, and it's, it just sounds like this is this sounds like I can't wait to hear this. Now we have to wait till June for the first release. Um, no, June the record 
third will be released. Okay, sorry. The street date may be the 24th, but I'm not sure. Somewhere around there. So, but, I mean, like I said, there should be a song or two that's going to come out prior and, and start building it up. I'm just not, I'm, mm-hmm. um, I was pretty sure about everything. But, yeah, it should start come a couple months before and then by June it'll be out well please send a song my way I'd love to play it over here yeah definitely absolutely and, uh, so I guess the inspiration's still there um, you haven't lost anything or maybe the break in between albums you, you, were you just hungry for a new one all of you guys were you all just ready it was at the time well that kind of happened in two, 2013 like we mm-hmm. I was in Nashville and then we have a good friend who's produced a couple records for us uh, Paul Umbach and I actually moved with him and another friend, uh, Chris Trevette from England. He's a mixer. And we had this big house in Franklin, Tennessee, and he built a studio in the basement, and we heard... It was another three years of a music frat house, you know? It was crazy. <laughs> so um, uh, a few years later, you know, John and I started talking, and um, I don't know how it really came about, but we just thought of doing something, and we got everyone together, and we did the record in... In uh, Tennessee, and like I said, we we did some shows all year to pay for it. We did a I think a Kickstarter thing too, mm-hmm. and that was kind of uh, crazy because we had to do a lot of stuff. While John uh, John had to do a lot of stuff because he kind of took it on. So I don't want to discredit him. So that was kind of the beginning, and then uh, that's when I met our manager, you know, Straight Eight Entertainment, and. Um, you know, that's when he said, like I said earlier, like, this is not your comeback record. It was a fun record to do, and it'll definitely resurface. But, um, so it's been about a year's work, worth of work with this new record and writing, maybe two years even, you know, it's between the writing and actually recording the record, you know, and now it's, we're ready to get it out there. Well, yeah, I happen to agree with him. He's a professional, but, um, yeah, when you, uh, you come out with your comeback record, people go on iTunes like, wait, this came out too, then they'll buy that also, you know? Uh, that, that, there's that trickle down effect. Uh, at least me being a, pers- a person that still purchases my music, that's what I look at. And then you, you miss a single somewhere here and there, you buy that. Do I let? I'm sorry, sir. Yeah, then, you, like, every time you go on iTunes, like, you, you see sometimes you, you'll see things you didn't know the band did. Uh, a remix of something or a soundtrack, you know, along the way. Uh, but oh, yeah. yeah. Well, the perfect example of that is Ryan Adams. Um, not Brian, but Ryan. I know. Ryan David Adams. And he, <laughs> um, yeah, I'll, I'll go on iTunes and there's like three new records there, you know, and it's like, shit, I didn't know I put this out. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's like Christmas sometimes. But he, but he writes so much that, um, you know, it's just like you, you get to discover so much music from that. Um, yeah, he's, he's one example of that, definitely. Very cool. Well, now's the time. I guess you better plug all everything you got. Uh, for oh, I, I did want to ask you this: Is it the original band? You have all all the same guys still? Yes. Okay, they're all back. Okay, cool. Good to know. I like that. All right. Um. Yeah. Plug away, man. Okay. Um. So uh, basically, it's Nine Days Band, uh, and that's our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook page. And then our website is Nine Days Music dot com which will have all those links on there. So, uh, 90smusic.com, and then everything else is 9 Days Band. And uh, we love posting stuff on social media, especially me, and the guys will tell you that. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we post old pictures, and whenever we're doing new stuff, we always put stuff out there. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's fun. That, that, that's one good thing about the Internet. You know, we could just totally go crazy with, with uh, flaunting what we're doing. As you should. As you should. Um, and uh, wait, did you? I'm sorry. Did you say Twitter? Yeah, it's nine days band. Okay, Twitter. sorry. All right. Yeah. Well, as always, um, at fairly dark on Twitter. Thanks, followers. Uh, big following lately. I don't know what happened with the past couple of shows. I appreciate it. Uh, keep listening. Keep sharing the music. Um, sharing the, the share the show, but buy the music. Um, and my website, of course, www.fairlydarkproductions.com, where you can find all Kettle Whistle Radio episodes, as well as my books, if you're into the horror thing. Brian DeVoe, I cannot thank you enough for this. Um, it's always great talking to you. It's always just kind of like, well, yeah, sitting down having coffee with an old friend. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. All right, man. Brian DeVoe, in Long Island, right? Long Island. All right. And, uh... On Long Island. On Long Island. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't live in Long Island. We live on Long Island. I know. <laughs> it's been so long. Um, we got to go out with a song, though. 
Okay, um, yeah, I'm sure it's so far away for the end. Let's see, what else did we play? I know, I right? I guess Play If I Am. That was our second single off the big record. Okay, which one? I'm sorry, you faded out. If I Am. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, exactly. Very good, okay. Uh, here's the thing, like, uh, uh, an example of our little social media, I actually posted um, me playing the guitar solo uh, from that song. Playing, uh, obviously, it's an easy guess for a nine day stand, but I was like, what song is this from? So I thought that was pretty cool. And I played it pretty well. I don't say so myself. <laughs> now you've always, you've always been a pretty damn good guitarist. Um, all right, well, I hate to say goodbye, folks, but we got to say goodnight and goodbye where, wherever you are, what time of day it is. Thanks for listening, folks, friends, and fiends. And, Brian, if you want to go out, uh, go out and say goodnight. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> so you're standing on the ledge. It looks like you might fall so far down.
Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast. Back to the arena, the interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interview. Electric acid. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric Cast production. Electric Cast.